This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Looking for the latest on the A's minor leagues? One of the latest additions to A's cast is The Farm. A look around the minor leagues with interviews, updates, and profiles on the future A's tearing up the minors. Welcome to our A's Farm Podcast. I'm your host, AthleticsFarm.com Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty. And today, we're going to be talking with the A's Minor League Pitching Coordinator, Gil Patterson. He's been the man in charge of overseeing the development of all the A's Minor League pitchers for many years now. And we recently took the chance to get his insights on a number of the A's most promising young pitching prospects. Hey, thanks for joining me today, Gil. Bill, I love being with you. My pleasure. Well, I know you're down there in Arizona at the A's Minor League Complex, keeping an eye on all the uh, action there today. So I hope we're not taking you away from your duties. But now that we're a couple of months into the season, I did want to take a chance to talk with you and get your insights on some of the A's most interesting young pitching prospects. I wanted to start out with a couple of guys who started out the season at Vegas and have both had the chance to make their major league debuts this year. And first off, I wanted to ask you about left-hander Jared Koenig. You know, he's an interesting guy because he spent most of his career in the indie leagues, pitching in Australia. I think he's about 28 years old now, but the A's signed him as a minor league free agent, and he got off to one of the best starts in the system this year. Uh, he recently had the chance to make his first start for the A's, and he's just an interesting guy. He doesn't really throw that hard, but, you know, he seems to have really good command. He doesn't seem to give up a lot of hard contact. But can you talk a little bit about Jared Koenig and what accounts for the success he's had since the A's have signed him? Well, it, it, it's just a wonderful story. And it just like you said, from being an independent ball, getting an opportunity w- with us, and really taking advantage of it. Um, left-handed pitcher, as you mentioned, um, sometimes he will move on the rubber, depending on if it's a right or left-hander. Uh, he fills up the strike zone. He changes speeds. He pitches in. From the pitching part, he does everything that you want a pitcher, a complete pitcher, to do. Um, and like you said, this is without uh, stuff that is elite from the form of velocity. It's not elite in that realm, but it is elite in the form of being a pitcher and doing the things that we just talked about, changing speeds, being able to locate your ball. Usually, as you know, and everyone that listens to you knows that if a pitcher doesn't have fastball command, it's going to be awfully difficult to be successful at any level. But he certainly can. 
Yeah, you, it's such an interesting story for a guy to come out of nowhere like that and be able to make his major league debut in his in his late 20s. So hopefully he can keep up the good work at the major league level. Another guy who started out the year at Vegas and had a chance to make his major league debut this year is right-hander Adrian Martinez, who the A's picked up from uh, San Diego in the offseason. Uh, he certainly has been uh, putting up some big strikeout numbers down there in Las Vegas, and he you know looked very impressive in his first uh, appearance for the A's earlier in the year. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, what you've seen out of Adrian Martinez and what you think the prognosis is for him going forward? Yeah, Steve, Steve Conley has certainly done a very good job uh, with him there in Vegas. And uh, like you said, that game against Detroit uh, was just tremendous. And the thing that he's able to do, his stuff being right-handed, his velocity is <clears throat> is in the low to mid-90s with some movement. Um and his changeup is elite, uh, plus from a major league standpoint. And uh, maybe the biggest thing that Steve Conley has done is helped him with his slider to be able to throw it for a strike uh, on an 0-0 count or 1-0 uh, and then expand when he's ahead. And uh, he's done a tremendous job for us, and I think it was a great pickup uh, you know, on our front office to get him here in this organization. Yeah, well, hopefully he'll get more chances uh, with the big club uh, here in the future. Uh, there's a bunch of right-handed pitchers down at Midland this year that are really intriguing. Uh, starting off with a guy who a lot of people probably haven't heard of, and that's Jack Cushing. You know, he was a, a 22nd round uh, draft pick for you in 2019, and he had a great season last year, and he's really been having one of the best seasons in the A's system this year. Um, he seems to have... Uh, really good command, doesn't walk a lot of guys, doesn't give up a lot of home runs. Uh, but can you talk about what the key to success has been for Jack Cushing and where you see him in the grand scheme of things at this point? Uh, Bill, you don't even need me. You, you do it all yourself because <laughs> you, you hit it right. You hit it right on the head. This guy is a great competitor, and he pitches at 90 miles an hour. 90, not 95, but he can throw down and away to both sides with his fastball. He can pitch up. He can pitch in. He has a good changeup and a slider. And just like you said, it's almost like every game. Seven innings, five hits, two runs, two earned, one walk, six strikeouts. It, what, what he has done, the development that our pitching coaches have done uh, to help him get to this point uh, is, is remarkable. And he's just a remarkable kid. Yeah, you know, I know he's been throwing his change up a lot more, changing speeds a lot. That seems to be a key part of his uh, success as well. Would you agree? Yes. From an organizational standpoint, and it comes from the top, uh, it's really a priority for us. Uh, the fastball command, using it, and then the change up. Those are kind of priorities that, uh, that Oakland has done for a long time, and we're just trying to still uh, continue that. I, I remember going back to Sonny Gray. The change-up was a big issue back then, too. <laughs> <laughs> it sure was, yeah. Some, some guys put up a fight, and all of a sudden they use it, and it's like, oh, my gosh, why didn't I use this two years early? <laughs> I'm sure he appreciates all the all the grief you guys gave him anyway. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, another guy there at Midland uh, who's kind of interesting is Colin Palouse. He was a ninth-round draft pick of yours a few years ago, and uh, he had a really great season last year. He got off to a good start this year, was looking very promising, but uh, he seems to be – he's been – getting hit a little harder lately, been giving up a, a lot more runs lately. Again, he was off to a good start this year, had a good season last year. Can you talk a little bit about where you feel Colin Palouse is at at this stage of the game? 
Well, it's funny. He, he and I just spoke this morning. I called him last night and said, uh, I'd like to talk with you. And he says, uh, let me call you tomorrow. So he and I spoke about an hour ago for about 15 or 20 minutes. And it's just about the same thing. It's like, tell me what's going on. You know, like you said, what's, what's mm-hmm. changing. And we have numerous resources besides myself. We have, you know, Chris Smith there, of course, with him. And we have people in the front office that can help. But he, the last few games, a number of games, it's like the changeup would work one day and then the fastball wouldn't work, the command of it. And then the next game, it was just the opposite. So we went through, like you said, a little rough patch here where the command of all three pitches together isn't working. And he has been a little bit unable to kind of fix it and put it all together to be a little bit more consistent like he was early. But he feels very good about uh, the place he's in now. And I'll also be there in about 10 days. So um, I don't know if that'll be do, do more harm or do more good, but I will be there. And so, but just like you said, though, he, he is aware of it. We're aware of it. And we're just trying to get back to where all three pitches uh, are there at the same time. Yeah, I guess to, to really be successful, there, there's a lot of things you have to be in command of all at once. You can't just be in command of some of them, right? <laughs> Correct. Correct. <laughs> so uh, a couple other guys there at Midland this year uh, are guys you picked up in trades in the off season. The uh, Matt Olson deal and the Chris Bassett deal. Uh, you've got Ryan Cusick and JT Ginn down there. Now I know there's been some inconsistency. There's been some injury issues involving those guys. But can you just talk a little bit overall about? Uh, where those guys are at and, and what you've had a chance to see of them, uh, not just this season, but but maybe in spring training as well since they came over in those deals? Yeah, uh, Bill, you broke up for a second. I think you mentioned J.T. Ginn is one of them, correct? Am yeah, I correct? Uh, yeah, J.T. Ginn yeah. and Ryan Cusick. Yeah. Cusick. Yeah, bo- both of them have huge upsides, huge upsides. Again, uh, we're awfully glad we have them here. Ginn throws tremendous sinkers and a tremendous changeup. I mean, plus – Slider is is good. It's been sometimes a little inconsistent. Um, and with Ryan, um, he's got electric fastball. They can pitch up in the zone and a very good slider. The biggest thing, you know, just as you mentioned before, Sonny Gray and the changeup, the biggest thing we are challenging him to do is throw more changeups. Um, over the last couple few weeks, they've been down with a little bit of assortment of a couple little nagging injuries, so they should be back soon. But there's there are two great challenges uh, to work with with those guys and uh, tremendously hard workers. Uh, well, it's certainly good to hear if, if they're both going to be uh, back uh, back on the mound soon anyway. The, obviously, with the uh, potential those guys have, you want them out there thro- throwing uh, as often as yeah. possible. <laughs> um, now, dropping down a level to Lansing, you've got a, a couple of interesting pitching prospects down there, too. Uh, the one guy uh, I wanted to talk about right off the bat was your second-round draft pick in 2020, and that's Jeff Criswell. You know, he was always a hard thrower, but uh, control was always an issue with him. He could tend to be a little wild. Seems like he's kind of harnessed things a bit this year, and he's certainly been putting up uh, the strikeout numbers this year at Lansing as well. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about the progress that Jeff Criswell has made and where you feel he's at at this point? Yeah, Bill, and, and just one more guy, if I could, I want to mention in Midland. There's sure. a guy named Garrett Acton. Garrett Acton has been tremendous. Um, he's worked very hard in the offseason, and he's come this year. Uh, he's got an electric fastball uh, in the 96, 97, 98 range. Um, he, he's worked his tail off, again, using a changeup. You know, um, it's tough to say the Trevor Hoffman way, but 
you know, it's one of our goals with him to be able to throw that hard and come back with a changeup, and his slider is more than usable. So what he has done this year we're extremely happy about. And you talk about someone who wants the ball and competes late in the game, he certainly does. Um, but getting back to your, to your point about Chriswell, um, he has, in a sense, come full circle from where he was almost a thrower to where he didn't care about location of a fastball in general. He just thought maybe me throwing it 95 would work. And I think he is just at a maturity and getting more innings under his belt. He's always known the importance of a changeup because he has a plus changeup. Um, and now he is continuing to work with Don Schulze there in Lansing with his slider and his curveball. So he is becoming a, uh, if you could say, a power pitcher rather than just kind of a thrower. And we're really happy with his progress. Uh, yeah, an uh, another guy at uh, Lansing who was your fifth-round draft pick in 2020, Stevie Emanuels, uh, he's been really putting up big strikeout numbers at Lansing this year and has really uh, seemed to get better as the season has gone on. So can you talk about Stevie Emanuels and where you feel he's at at this stage of his development? Yeah, uh, overall, we are happy with him. We still think um, there's another another little tick in there to even get better. I mean, as always, if you're in Lansing, you're not to a major league standard yet. But with that being said, we still think there's a little more tick in there. Um, with just being a little bit, banning the baseball more, his walks are probably a little bit higher than, than we would like as an organization. Um, but, but other than that, just like you said, I mean, here's a guy 92 to 95 with a good curveball, a good changeup, uh, a tight little slider. So, there are lots of uh, good things to work uh, with with him uh, going forward. Uh, and another guy who's now at Lansing, he started out the year in Stockton, and he kind of reminds me, uh, well, he, does, he, he doesn't pitch like Jack Cushing, but in terms of a guy who wasn't considered a high-profile prospect but has been having a great year is uh, right-hander Blake Beers. Uh, you know, he was your 19th-round draft pick just last year. And he was just uh, lighting it up at Stockton. Now he's pitching very well at Lansing. Again, a guy with, uh, I think he leads your minor league system in strikeouts at this point. And this is a guy, again, who was a 19th round draft pick just last year and is already throwing very effectively at high A. But can you tell me a little bit about the, the secret to Blake Beer's uh, rise this season? Well, right, right now it's been his slider and his changeup usage uh, is not to where we want it. So his next game, we're making him throw all fastballs and changeups only. And then he went like seven innings, gave up two hits, and says, "Aren't they going to figure out that I'm only throwing a changeup?" So we kind of <laughs> had some fun, some fun with him. But no, what has done uh, has been very, very good. We're very happy with him. And uh, just like you said, his slider is probably you would you would probably grade it as plus. And we just got to get that changeup going with him. Uh, but he's a great competitor. Throws the ball hard goes up the strike zone, and like you said, get some swing and miss with it. <laughs> it's funny that he's uh, surprised that people are uh, being fooled by the changeup. Uh, I'm sure you hear that, <laughs> hear, heard that more than once. Um, you know, it's oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's I think I saw a study at some point that said the the toughest uh, pitch for any hitter to handle is a pitch that is thrown six miles an hour or more different from the previous pitch. Does that comport with you, well, your understanding? No, I mean, if, you know, if hitting is all about timing, and then that's what pitchers want to do, 
they want to mess up that timing and you just kind of hit it on the head and you know they're machines for guys to work on hitting the ball faster you know they can right. turn a machine up to 105 and they have curveball machines and wider machines but they don't have a changeup machine they don't teach hitters how to hit changeup so that's why again uh, for a long time um, with us we have just stressed the importance of that and how uh, throwing a changeup fixing them with your fastball and the changing speeds and messing up their timing to hit a ball softly yeah, it, it, it really is so disruptive if you could just uh, change speeds just a little bit. Now, Blake Beers started the year at Stockton. Like I said, he's at Lansing now. But you had a, a rotation there at Stockton this year that, that is almost entirely comprised of uh, draft picks from last year. Usually, I think most of them are all guys from the, the 10th to the 20th round. Uh, Beers is the one who's made it to Lansing. But you got a couple other guys down there like Mitch Myers, Luke Anderson. I think they were like your 12th, 15th round draft picks last year who've been you know, performing pretty well and, and showing some promise. Can you talk a little bit about a couple of those guys at Stockton and what you've been seeing out of them in the early going? Well, just like you said, we had, uh, we call him Z-Man, the pitcher from Taiwan uh, that has performed well. He, he's got a little blister right now. But like you said, Robitsky, Judkins, uh, Luke Anderson, and Myers. That was, a, that was a great group, including, like you said, Blake and they, they all, for the most part, uh, are strike throwers uh, with good change-ups and good breaking balls. So I think it's just a matter of time as they continue to develop and hone their craft game by game, they're going to get better. Actually, Kyle last year helped us out in Lansing and did a, a very good job. So we're very happy with that, with that group. Yeah, I think uh, Myers has seemed particularly solid, and uh, I think uh, Luke Anderson has put up a lot of strikeouts as well. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what those guys throw and, and what the keys to their success might be? Yeah, well, going forward, the keys are going to be just almost like we talked about. It's almost like, uh, you know, hitting myself with a hammer how many times before I stop. But it's, again, <laughs> arguably about fastball command. And like you said, Luke does strike out people, but he walks too many. Right. So. So we have to, we're going to address that. And one of our keys is winning the first pitch strike counts and especially the one ones. And if we can put our pitchers in 0-1 and 1-2 counts rather than 1-0 and 2-1 counts, they're going to most likely get the desired results you want. And if you don't, then, you, you know, you're going to have to keep working. So, and, but all of them, like I said earlier, they, they throw the ball in the low, low 90s, um, some of them with a little bit more movement on it than others, some of them with better uh, vertical breaks and others, and they all are good with their changeup, and uh, even with their breaking ball. So, so it, it, it's it's really a good little <clears throat> foursome right now to work with with those four. Uh, now, I did want to ask you about a few other random guys before we wrap up. And you mentioned Garrett Acton there in Midland. He's uh, been pitching out of the bullpen there and throwing very effectively, particularly of late. So I'm glad you mentioned him. And he was uh, signed as an undrafted free agent, which is interesting as well. Uh, another guy kind of in a similar boat to that is at Stockton is uh, left-hander Jack Owen, another undrafted free agent who's been putting up very good strikeout numbers, just like Garrett Acton, and who has been very effective out of the Stockton bullpen this season. Uh, I'm just wondering what uh, what you've seen out of Jack Owen and what your perspective is on him and his, uh, his ability to rise up the system. Yeah, you know, he's almost like uh, the beginning of a, of a Jared Koenig to a certain extent. Um, uh, he actually helped us along with Kyle last year in Lansing uh, and started some games for us and did a good job. We have him pitching out of the bullpen, as you mentioned, because of those other 
pitchers you just mentioned as starters, but he is more than capable of being a long guy or even starting for us if we needed him. But uh, he, his changeup is tremendous. He can locate his fastball and has a good enough breaking ball uh, to throw strike one, one, strike one and even expand it sometimes with two strikes. But he is a super competitor. Yeah, I think he's been averaging about 12 strikeouts per nine innings uh, out of the Stockton bullpen, which is always uh, good to see. Um, Okay, a couple other guys I wanted to ask you about real quick. Uh, One is a guy who was a former first-round draft pick of the Dodgers that you guys picked up a few years ago uh, in a deal, and that's Grant Holmes. You know, obviously he had a lot of promise, a lot of potential you know, hasn't developed as, as folks would hope. He's been p- pitching out of the bullpen there in Vegas. I'm just wondering what you think is uh, the situation with Grant Holmes, where you feel he's at, and, and maybe what, what you're trying to do and what you're hoping to try and get out of him at this stage of his career. Yeah, um, that, that has probably been one of our uh, biggest challenges is how to get him with the stuff he has to be – um, a little bit more, I don't want to say competitive because he does compete, but maybe effective. Um, he is, I must admit, with Steve Conley there this year, he is he is better. Um, we have, like you said, we pitch him out of the bullpen. We're trying to keep him in his lanes with the location. He does have a changeup. He does have a very good curveball. They've taken a little bit of the velocity off the curveball uh, to get a little bit more depth on it. And I would still say we're going in the right direction. I don't think we're we're where we want to be because if we were, he would be in the big leagues helping us win games. So we still have some more work to do with him, um, but he he works his tail off to try to uh, get better. Um, uh, this, one of the things I do is I almost on a daily or on a daily basis, I'll almost text every pitcher that pitches um, sometimes more the ones that struggle some than the ones that pitch well. Um, but just to, communi- just to continue that communication, knowing that we care and we're doing everything we can to help our guys get better. Uh, and one final guy I wanted to ask you about uh, is an intriguing prospect, left-hander Hogan Harris. You know, he was your third-round draft pick back in 2018, looked very promising, and, uh, you know, he's dealt with a lot of injury issues. He's missed a lot of time. He's finally back in action this season at Lansing. You guys have had him throwing just a, a couple of innings uh, each time out. Um, can you tell me a little bit about where Hogan Harris is at at this stage of the game, what you've seen out of him, and what the plan is for him going forward? Yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. Um, you know, he has faced some adversity from a health standpoint. And uh, even when he was pitching earlier last month, um, feeling great, he goes to cover first base and turns his ankle. So it's like uncle. But he is making great strides. Um, he's got really good life to his fastball in the mid-90s. Very good changeup. A sharp breaking ball. Nice, tight little slider. So he's had two games in a row with Don there and Lansing. And uh, uh, with kind of three innings, the last one. So I think our plan is going forward just to increase his innings, maybe one inning every every two starts or so to see if maybe we can get to five innings in a start um, because he's feeling good. He wants he wants to start. And so uh, as up to this point, uh, we're very happy, especially here the last few weeks with his progress. With so many of these pitchers, you know, so often health is such a key issue, you know, just getting them out on the mound. If you can't have them out on the mound throwing on a regular brace basis, it's hard for someone like you to do the development job that you need to do, right? 
you, you just hit it right on the head. I mean, if you would say, what is your number one priority? It's, it, it's not like have them be successful and get to the big leagues. It's keep them healthy because if they're not healthy, they have no chance to get to the big leagues. So you're right. Health is first, and that's why they've got to be honest with us uh, if they need it sometimes because we are in general probably just like all the other organizations. Sometimes, some, sometimes people uh, and the old timers say we're giving them too much rest in between. So there is a fine line, but, but again, that, that is our number one goal, keeping our guys healthy. Um, and, you know, uh, answering the bell is really important, but keeping them healthy is a top priority. Right. Well, whatever else happens, let's hope for the best health for all the A's minor league and major league pitchers the rest of the season. Yeah. That, that will certainly make life easier for everyone and will certainly help the development process more than anything else can is getting out there on the mound uh, every week. So, well, thank you so much for taking the time out to talk to us today, Gil. It's always a pleasure getting your insights on all the A's most promising minor league pitching prospects. So thanks again, and we'll look forward to talking to you in the future. Bill, my pleasure and continued success. Thank you, Bill. And thanks to all of you out there for listening to this edition of our A's Farm podcast. Be sure to check back in for the next episode. And don't forget that you can always find updates on the A's top prospects and all the daily action in the A's minor league system on our A's Farm website at athleticsfarm.com. That's athleticsfarm.com. Thanks again. I'm A's Farm Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty, and we'll see you again down on the farm. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.